Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Evan. And you are listening to the Friday Forge, where typically we take a topic submitted by our listeners and we review it. Today, however, I kind of wanted to do something different, and so did Evan. It's halfway through the year. We wanted to do like a highlight reel, like what has been some of the pinnacle reads so far this year, and then what are we really looking forward to in the next six months? Yeah, I think this is a really good idea. It will give us a chance to recommend some stuff that we really like. And I kind of like really want to talk about some of the things that I have planned for the rest of the year as well. I have been, this has been a really like eye-opening year for me just because of the podcast. I've both read more and in like a different like frenzy, not a frenzied approach, but <laughs> just pounding out books. And it's also like broadened my reading horizons is not just like high fantasy, high fantasy, high fantasy. I've been like reading other things. And so it's been a really fun reading year for me. So I'm kind of excited to talk about it. And there's so many books that I'm looking forward to. There's so many more. <laughs> just, I know. It, every time I'm like, all right, cool. Finish that series. And I get that tiny little sliver of accomplishment. I look, look over at my TBR shelf and just. It's like you're facing away from the lake with like a pail full of water. And you're like, look at all this water. And then you turn around and you're like, oh, the lake. <laughs> <laughs> so what's like a top read in the last six months that you just like uh, all about? The first thing that comes to mind for me is Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikovsky. I've got a review up. It's like buried in one of our earlier episodes. but Isn't that bo- the book you were telling me about that you can't really tell me about or else it'll ruin it? No, that was Dark Matter, which that was definitely was another right. highlight too. But um, that was my... So Children of Time was my first Adrian Tchaikovsky book. He also wrote this other series called Shadows of the Apt, which I think revolves around insects as well. He really likes bugs. Wow. I'm not a bug guy. Oh, I love bugs. Oh, man, I'm not. Especially spiders, dude. I'm not. I'm not a spider guy. Oh, really? Oh, I would stand on a precipice with my toes off the edge before, like, getting down with the spiders. (laughs) I like spiders. I think they're really cool. I think that's why I like that book so much is because it, it kind of felt like a nature documentary almost. It's like it's like a spider civilization like oh, their man. entire yeah it's like spider world building and i'd never seen anything like that before so it's like a fantasy book but with all like spiders at the core and all like their politics and is it about spiders are the characters spiders like half of the book is about spiders what weird like a red wall insect style <laughs> uh, i mean it's not as wholesome as all that okay. but uh it goes into like, like the way that they communicate like they have webs all throughout their cities and they're able to like tap on the webs and like feel the vibrations yeah yeah it's it's just and that's just one little snippet of it and there's a whole other half of the book that kind of deals with uh, with other stuff and then the two halves kind of like connect um just a really brilliant brilliant book and I think there's a uh, there's a sequel called Children of Ruin, but I haven't gotten to it yet. Also insect related? Uh, I don't know, actually. Hmm. I was wondering if I was going to pick up another science fiction book that hit me as hard as like Ziz and Lou's Remembrance of Earth's Past or um, Childhood's End by Arthur C. Clarke. I was kind of like, am I going to find another one of those? That was it. Wow. Yeah. What about you? Uh, well, good segue because I felt the exact same way about um, Six of Crows. And I just finished that one. It's fresh in my mind, but it's also, I think, my favorite book I've read this year, with the exception of maybe one other that I'll mention after. I didn't ever think I was going to find another Locke Lamora again. It's like finding another Harry Potter, and you're like, eh, it's not going to be as good. And then you're like, wow, 
this book rocks. And that's exactly how like my experience was with six of crows. I was like this book. And then it just kept getting better. Right. And like the characters were so involved and deep and you're like, okay, this guy's that guy. And then he didn't really turn out to be that guy or else he evolves in a way that you don't really think. And the story's just like full of these little twists and turns that aren't intentional. Like it's not like Dan Brown being like, I gotcha again. You know, it's like a, it's just like a really natural story about your assumptions of how like a story should flow and how normal stories like that traditionally work out kind of get in your own way. And you're like, Oh, Oh wow. It's not that at all. Yeah. Kaz is, it's so funny. Cause when, when the book starts, I was kind of like, Oh, here we go. Like this tall, lanky, mysterious, <laughs> like brooding, whatever, you know, it's like, here's the leader. Here we go. And it's just, as you start kind of peeling away those layers of Kaz, it all starts falling into place and making more sense and getting deeper and deeper and yeah. to this like super tortured person. Yeah, he makes a lot of sense when you kind of learn about him. You're like, oh, it's he's not just putting on airs to be mysterious and invent himself. It's like, no, nah, he's he's got reasons for the issues that he has. You know, it's funny. I just saw this kind of interesting sentiment. Um, a little bit ago where someone said that they were sick of tra uh, traumatic backstories. Hmm. I kind of looked at it and I was like, well, I mean, yeah, that's, that's your own thing, but I love a traumatic backstory. I'm a too. sucker for it. it the, the more fucked up, the better. <laughs> it does a lot to add to a character's depth and you don't have to do it every time. Obviously like not every single character has to be a total study in trauma and right you don't have to put every single main character through the absolute ringer every time to create someone with some depth but it's fun to read about yeah <laughs> if they're works. mysterious kind of quirky and a little like weird and they don't have any sort of like reasons behind that then it just kind of seems like an affectation like it seems false and fake and it just makes me not really like the character very much because i don't like people who aren't really very authentic you know but then when you learn about this trauma that's happened you're like oh that's why he's that way he's not just putting on airs and trying to like make himself that person he actually kind of is that person and these are the reasons i don't know i think it gives a depth and a, and a an understanding and like a realness like a visceral realness to the character i really like it i think one of the reasons i like six of crows so much is because i knew it was going to be a heist and it was pulled off in, in a really, really good way that didn't make it, it didn't make it feel like a, like this hokey kind of, we got to get the thing and right, we're right. going to just got to get past the guards and we'll be, no, it was, it was like the, the character development was carried through the objective and the MacGuffin and, and everything. Mm -hmm. And I think that Lee Bardugo did a really good job at that because she split it up between this crew. You know, it wasn't all just Kaz. I mean, I don't think it was like a, a mistake on Sanderson's part to make Mistborn mostly from Vin's perspective, but because it mostly was, and I know there were some Kesslier chapters and stuff, but because it was mostly through Vin's perspective, even though you had a crew, I kind of don't, I don't even remember anybody's name Me neither. from that crew in Mistborn. Like when you say there, there was a crew, I'm like, yeah, I guess there was a crew. There was, there totally <laughs> yeah, was. was, but you're not spending any time in those characters' heads. So Lee Bardugo did a really good job at taking this, you know, like the heist story is like, it's a heist. Yeah. It's whatever. a heist. It's yeah. a, it's a, <laughs> but, you know, carrying these characters through with that is brilliant. Really, really right. good. And there's like these layers of relationship amongst the crew where that goes you know some of them while in the rich 
um, the guy who like hires them to do his son, you know, who doesn't really yeah. know anything. He's like fresh to the crew. Then others have like years of backstory and mm-hmm. some of them like kind of hate each other. They kind of love each other. There's yeah. like plans to betray from the very beginning that may or may not come to fruition. It's just really layered and just every, even when they're, I think that layering adds to when they're just like chilling around the campfire. Like some books like that can get a little bit like, cool, they're traveling, they're camping, they're traveling, they're camping. And you're like, oh my gosh, you know, it's like watching um, Easy Rider. You ever watch that movie? No. Oh, it's just like two guys on motorcycles, like riding across America. And they just like ride there in the motorcycle. And it's like these big, like, like scenery scapes of like mountains and then like riding the motorcycles. And then in the evening, they're just like, sitting there like eating beans around a campfire <laughs> i'm sure it's more <laughs> just like that. loops dude yeah i turned it off after like an hour of that i was like i can't do it anymore i was also like 15 so you know, yeah i was going to say like isn't that like a really famous movie it's really famous yeah but man it was freaking terrible <laughs> <laughs> anyway it's not that there's with all of these layers of relational depth like there's never a dull moment even when there is a dull moment like there's not yeah, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on Crooked Kingdom. It's a different yeah. book, but it's there's a, a lot of you know the characters are there. So it's mm-hmm. like uh, I liked Crooked Kingdom maybe like five percent less than. Oh, really? Six of Cro- Six of Crows is just this. So <laughs> it's like good. this like perfect little book, and so uh, K- Crooked Kingdom is a very good continuation of it, and everything in it makes a lot of sense. And there's some really really good action scenes in it and good intrigue and stuff and it's kind of it kind of expands a little bit more on on the city that they're in mm, okay. um, which is really which cool. is cool but sometimes i do i do like to see new places which is why I, one of the reasons why i like the other book that i'm going to talk about a little bit but not too much that i really love is because you get to see new things constantly right. um but you know it's it, there's kind of like a a sacrifice in new things right you can either get to know one thing really well and see all of its hidden layers and these cool little like secrets about it or you can see a bunch of new things which both of them kind of have their own mystique and wonder also i i'm surprised that i like the kaz character so much because like my love my archetypal fave character is like the dritz duerden very like nimble yeah he's roguish he's like nimble he's fast he can like do a standing backflip i've always wanted to be able to do a standing backflip you could if you try i could i know i could i'm so certain but i just uh scared i'm scared but Kaz is like broken. He like has a cane. He's like hobbling, you know. But somehow he's still so tough. You're a badass, Kaz. Uh, yeah, actually, Libor Dugo has osteo osteonecrosis. Oh, and uh, so and she is sometimes like a spine thing. I'm not really sure exactly what it is, but she sometimes needs to use a cane. So she like wrote that in for some representation. Pretty cool. You don't really see that very often in books. Yeah. I just really liked it. And it was done really well because it certainly is a handicap sometimes, but it's also like he doesn't let it be. And it's just like a cool little like this guy's overcome. It makes him that much more badass. Is it Lee or Lay? I don't know. <laughs> As I said it, <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I said that right. Maybe we'll have her on. Oh, that would be great. I should. I'm I'm going to get her. I'm yeah, get, get her, her on here. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. I would love to talk to her. Um. Okay, your turn. What's another pinnacle read that you read in the last six months? I feel kind of bad because, you know, we're doing this episode. We got to get a lot of talking in here. <laughs> and we've already said so much about it. But the Greenbone Saga, the whole thing. Oh, Dude, my I God. I can always talk was, more about the Greenbone Saga. Oh, my God. It was just so good. As far as characters go, my favorite characters that I've read this whole year. Hilo, 
Andon, Shay. Andon. Like, I mean, I like Miss Andon. It was just such a great example of where fantasy's going, where it can go, the potential for things to be so much different than the traditional, like, Western European, you know, guys on horses. And there's a bad guy, there's a good guy. We got to go get the thing and kill the bad guy. The bad guy's in the East and the good guy's <laughs> in the West. Yeah. And you know what? I will read that book for the rest of my life. I will read the horses and knights and dragons and I will always read that stuff. But same the Greenbone, it was high fantasy in a way that I had never read high fantasy before. Just that by itself is enough to have it be one of the best series that I read. But the character work, the action, the magic system, the economics of how everything in that whole world operated and the fulcrums that everything sat on. and I've never read a book that truly read like a TV show. I almost feel like when you say that, people might get that twisted and think, well, is that how you rate whether or not a book is? That's not what yeah, like, Chad no. means. Chad means in the sense that like it was so vivid, you can see everything happening. Yeah, and there's not like one story. It's like their lives. Right. Their it's, whole lives. It's, it's, this, <laughs> it's, it's the things going on in this world it's like fonda lee had a telescope and was looking from earth to this like through a telescope onto a different planet and watching all this stuff happen and and recording it that's how vivid it was yeah that's and, a good way of explaining yeah it. and like the only the only other off the only other series in my opinion that has been that vivid for me personally was probably stormlight archive as far as like yeah. me like the the level of immersion I, it hasn't been that high for me since I was reading Way of Kings and Words of Radiance and Oathbringer. Right, like when personally. Kaladin is strapped to the pole like, and the storm is coming out, like you are strapped to the pole and <laughs> so you're like cool. with him, like raging. <laughs> that face comes out of the Staying clouds. it with your chest. <laughs> oh my God. Hey, I want to yeah, read Stormlight comes, again. Oh, me too. <laughs> They're so oh, good. It gets me all like Twitter pated just thinking about it. It's so funny how like, I mean, we've co- totally switched gears over to Stormlight, but uh, <laughs> but it's just so funny how some stuff is really popular, right? And then some stuff is so fucking popular, right? It's and like it's beyond. Like it's like we always other... put Lord of the Rings, right? The and I, I think, and it is funny because you know Sanderson. I feel like it's kind of put into this category of like, you know, ah, it's like wooden characters, and we've we've talked about that. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about that in our Warbreaker episode. And some of it I agree with, some of it I don't. But you gotta give it to him. You gotta fucking give it to Sanderson. Like this, yeah. <laughs> if you haven't read Stormlight, just try to pick it apart. I dare you. Right. Like I, I mean, you can obviously. You, you can pick anything can. apart if you try yeah, to. You can pick hard anything enough, apart, but you actually have to try. But I kind of feel that way with um, the Greenbone Saga. Like there's there's some stuff in like in our in our length, our lengthier episodes that we had on it. It's like I've I've had some time to think it over and, and mm-hmm. kind of like feel out how I was really feeling about the series. And it's mostly highs, but there were some lows in it too. I mean, like there were parts during like the second and even the third book mm-hmm. where I was kind of like, why is any of this happening? Yeah, there's a few like hundred page chunks. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But on the whole, it's it's definitely it's my favorite series that i've read this year i'll leave it at that and yeah. very closely followed by winter night which was a huge surprise yeah me too yeah. i was just thinking about like which book that i want to talk about next and i was like debating between winter night and this other book and i'm probably going to talk about this other book just because we've talked about winter night so much but it's same level i was so 
delightfully surprised by Winter yeah, I think Night. I think we could we could both probably file Winter Night into the most surprising read yes. of the year. Like it was different than I thought it was going to be and once I realized what it was, I was like, "Oh, okay." And then it was like totally surprised me. Yeah, like this whole other thing. I, I almost put it, it down fairly. <laughs> I almost put it down. Really? Like seriously, like about 80 pages into The Bear and the Nightingale, I almost I texted that. you. Like seriously, <laughs> like I almost was just like, "Dude, we got to read something else." Because I'm I just not being feeling like, I don't this. know, man. Yeah, but we stuck it out and it was so worth it. I'm so glad we did. What's the uh what's the, you keep alluding to this mystery book. I want to know what it is. <laughs> okay, I can talk about Greenbone forever, but we've already I'm gonna have, save so. I'm gonna save my true mystery book um that I'm really, really, really hyped on uh till the end. So I'm gonna hit it with, hit you with this one. Um, which was I really, really enjoyed Sue Monk Kids Book of Longings. Oh, okay. It was just such an interesting read. And it's like weird that that book was so high on my list because it wasn't my traditional book by any means. Like it was not like not an adventuresome warrior sets out to conquer the evil. Like none of that. It was like almost kind of a love story. Like, like a historical weird, fiction kind of. Yeah, it was like a historical fiction kind of. It's like set in the scene, but like not really trying to be super accurate and doesn't need to be. But why I liked it so much was the writing, which is beautiful. Gorgeous words. Like you just like the way she explains things just like ooh damn she can like talk take such a deep concept and refine it down to four words and you're just like whoa that sentence hit there's very few authors who can do that with the english language like there's some languages that have like each letter has a meaning and so you can put all the meanings of the letters together and you have this deeper meaning and they all have numbers and then you get numerology and it's like english isn't like that but some authors through just like sheer creative talent can do that with the language and it's just a pleasure to read you know like, what? it wasn't even like the story was good it was fine but it was just the writing was so good you know what i think the english language gets kind of a bad rap i mean you I, know i don't know i don't know what it like i mean obviously there are a bunch of really beautiful awesome languages out there but like english is there are like, so many words in our language it's ridiculous. Yes. We it's, have a it's ton complicated. of words. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel bad for anybody trying to learn English because it's, it's a total disaster of a oh my language. God. It's it like doesn't a, make I like before any e, sense. Except after C. Or when it says A is a neighboring way. Or except words like weird, which are weird. It's like, dude. I remember um, when I was learning German, my my German teacher was from Munich. And she, we kind of, the class kind of started talking about the differences between the German written language and the English written language. And um, there was a little bit of a weird debate going, which was dumb because we were all in like first year German and she could speak both languages like <laughs> fluently. Um, but she finally was like, okay, okay, here's a good example. Then she wrote the word laughter on the board and then under it, she wrote the word daughter. And she was like, why, what is this? Like, why? Because there's only one letter difference. Like, oh, yeah. The the D or the L. So one makes a ah sound and one makes a fuh sound. So, like, the GH makes a One has an F. Yeah. It's ah, F, and (laughs) O. Like, make this make sense. Uh, It's so, you're like, you're better off learning each individual word and its funkiness and just like memorizing it than you are like these rules because they're is always an exception and like a million exceptions to the rules. I was reading with my um, six-year-old nephew who's killing his reading game, by the way. Um, and I was having him like read notes on my phone 
And because he told me he could read. And so I was like, prove it, dude. And then I was trying to explain something to him because one word, oh, one word had a hard G and another word had a soft G sound. And he was like, why does one make the G and one makes the J? And I had <laughs> no answer for him. At first, I was like, well, you know, if it's followed by a vowel, then because that's how it was in that. And then I was like, well, no. And just I could kinda... think of like 30 words that went against what I just told him. And I was like, actually, dude, I have no idea. That's, you just, you just kind of have to know it. <laughs> I had no good answer. <laughs> I'm looking it up right now. And um, there are some languages that have more words than English, but not very many. English has 578,707 words. Which is crazy. And, I would think there'd be more. I mean, that's a lot of words. Yeah. <laughs> we only that's use true. like probably yeah, like think a of, good like, few thousand of those. Yeah, like the Pareto know? principle, like 80-20 rule or something. You know, it's like right. we probably yeah. you could probably boil down most of what we say to like 200. <laughs> well, so like Swedish, Kurdish, Tamil, Tamil, I can't, I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, and Finnish, Portuguese, and Korean are the only ones that are more. Korean has over a million. Whoa. I wonder if it's because they have female and male forms of each word. I don't know. There's a lot of other don't. languages that do that that have less, uh, fewer words than English. Oh, um, huh. But like, yeah, Portuguese has a bunch. I think, yeah, Portuguese. Uh, Finnish, oh my God. One of my friends is uh, Finnish, and he said it's just like, it's useless to try to even learn that language really <laughs> apparently it's I, so hard i love thinking about language like how did that start like okay you think you know you're told like okay well no they all came from the common and then one group just went off and they started changing slowly over time it's like have you heard some of these languages like clicking and stuff like that did not <laughs> come know. from this other one you know like i don't know it's just oh, it's a whole it's language a whole field so of study yeah yeah i, I will it's never a, get sick of it. it it constantly fascinates me and like wrapping mm -hmm. it around back to like what you were talking about with suma kid you know like the the appreciation for not only how you're describing something or um you know putting thoughts to words but like the the brevity in which you can do that yeah or like, or like anyone how, can say how the concise sky is you blue. can be yeah but then to like lace an emotion in with that description is just like man and to do it succinctly awesome i think i need to give that one a read that's kind of that's one of those books that um you know how you kind of something sticks in your head because someone told you about it and then you start seeing it everywhere yeah uh, that's kind of one of those books for me where pretty much every time i go to a bookstore i just i keep seeing that book because you talked about it and like i saw a couple other people talk about it it happens with me now and then, and eventually I just cave and buy it and read it. <laughs> and like, is... I, I don't want to like set the bar too high because I think I don't want you to be like, man, that story was like not as because like it's not. I'm not talking about the story. The story was good. It was fine. You know, it carries the story. The story carries the characters well. But like, I really just liked it for like, like the art of the words being yeah. put together. I think that's. Um, I mean, I'm not a very big uh, Tom Robbins fan myself. Like, I've read a couple Tom Ro Tom Robbins books, and it's just not really for me, like personally. But I do know that a lot of people like reading Tom Robbins because of how playful he is with language. Um, he treats every sentence like he's on his own personal, like literary jungle gym kind of. Ooh, I really like, like that. Yeah, yeah. I think you. I think you would like try out um, another roadside attraction. Okay, that one's right, pretty cool. I read Half Asleep in Frog Pajamas, which was pretty cool too. But um, I mean, I'm just like that name. <laughs> <laughs> you'll find out. Oh, but okay, it's pretty clear. But yeah, have, have you ever read um, Christopher Moore, uh, either Lamb or Fool? Well, I've read Lamb. 
I really love lamb just because it's funny. But fool is like, in my opinion, it's and I haven't read very much uh, Christopher Moore. But from what I have read, it is a brilliantly written book. Like the character fool is just so witty and charming and the way he can construct and flow with his words i'm just like that is how i want to talk i know it'd be so cool to talk <laughs> sometimes <laughs> i feel cool. oh my gosh man like i f- i feel so ineloquent so often <laughs> no hit me with your another one of your favorites Ooh, we should each do one we didn't like okay let's get saucy Ooh, let's get saucy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do another one that I really liked real quick, though. Okay, I have to do one, too, because I have to mention one book. <laughs> I think I'm going to I'm gonna pick Seed by Anya Albor, and I just finished it. You are just telling me about it that. It was so, so good. And it's funny, because I looked up reviews for it, as I want to do, after I'm finished with something that I really enjoyed. And a lot of people people did not, did not like it very much. Um, Weird. I think the reason I liked it so much is because I'm going to try to do this without spoiling as best I can, but it was a horror novel that got far. Damn it. Damn it. (laughs) It was just, it was different than because a lot of horror novels and a lot of horror movies kind of, they ended with the, with this kind of resolution. If it's not this perfect, happy thing, then it's at least partially so, you know, but with seed, like one person survives or something like it just go like, yeah, yeah, exactly. But seed kind of just flew off in a direction and never looked back. Oh. And I was so impressed with it. And I was so impressed with like Anya Alborn's commitment to that ending, even though it pissed a lot of people off. <laughs> But I love those like, kinds of are endings. Are you sure? Are you sure you want to? I don't know. Something of, like I really enjoy an ending to a book or series that just feels a little off. I'd rather be surprised and have something to think on. Mm-hmm. You know, at least with horror. Maybe not with with fantasy. If it's if the wheel of time ended and it was all a big dream, I'd be pissed off because I just read 14 books. Yeah, exactly. You know? I'm not trying to read 14 books and have everyone die at the end. Like, right. Oh my. <laughs> but with horror, I feel like there's a little more wiggle room there oh, because sure. the whole point of horror is to feel disconnected. It's to feel. It's to pet you the wrong direction. Right. That's a perfect way of putting it. And that one definitely did that. And I think there was just a lot for me to relate to in there. I mean, um, it was about a guy that was in kind of like this failing band and just like the family dynamic in there. Um, I liked the setting quite a bit. It takes place in Louisiana, which just seems like a really creepy state. If you live dude. in Louisiana, I'm sure Louisiana is cool, but there's something I feel about... a calling from the swamp, dude. I feel like right. I would be a great swamp person. I mean, that's it's got like major um, like fever dream vibes or like interview with a vampire. Just that that kind of weird, like something about the South is just creepy. <laughs> it's because it's so it's so old and it's so yeah. like the people at least in my i mean I've, I've hung out in like uh like tennessee and arkansas um i've hung out in like missouri which isn't really technically the south but I hung out in texas quite a bit there's just some like every now and then you like i would run into like an like a like an old person or someone in like a store right. and just there was this vibe like mm-hmm. like they would be unfailingly polite and nice to me 
but at some if I if they if I said one word out of line, I was gonna get kicked out of that store. You know what I mean? Just like yeah, yeah. Weird... Or they might have like jars with body parts in their basement at home. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously that doesn't go for everybody living in the South. But yeah, if just, you're in the South, you're a murderer. The South the South really lends a lot to that vibe. And I just think that that book mm-hmm. that was Anya Alvarez's like first book. overgrown shrubbery. Exactly. That like was... someone sitting on a on a porch with like face tags and like a story to tell. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, that's just uh that was at least my favorite horror novel that I had read. And I'm trying to get much more into horror. And I think it was probably uh just real quick I'll throw in just cuz I can't go one episode without talking about Stephen King, but Revival <laughs> by Stephen King was another contender for um at least if not best book I read this this year. One of the best horror novels that I read was Revival. And that was another you really in your top horror novels of all time. I don't think so. Probably not, okay. revi- but it's just as far as the ones that I read this year, it was kind of along the same lines of just you know, it's good, good. We're bopping along. There's some creepy stuff going on, and then the ending just 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 shoots straight for the moon, you know. And you're just like, whoa, okay, holy whoa. shit, oh my god. Yeah, the uh, for anyone listening that's been kind of on the fence about uh, maybe Stephen King's kind of like more recent stuff, Revival really sticks out, and I think it's really not talked about very often and probably overlooked but probably because of the ending <laughs> i think that it's kind of the same thing where um i looked up reviews for that and a lot of people just rolled their eyes at the ending but i thought it was really good i like an ending that slaps me in the face as long as i don't end confused like it was such a like oh you thought the turn that was going to happen actually we turned three times and we turn yeah. back to where we're going and you're like okay whoa now i'm just confused like as long as i don't end confused I like to be just like, especially with like a horror type genre, you know, like you said, if I'm eight books deep in a high fantasy and that happens to me, I'm like, okay, what the hell? Yeah. Like uh, the ending of uh, inception. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what is that? I I bet we're going to get someone in the discord or in the email that yells at me for not understanding. I still don't know what the fuck that top means. I don't know any, I don't. Yeah. I don't know either. Or like the last season of lost. Like, I don't know. I stopped caring. I, uh, I I didn't. I've never watched. I've watched like two episodes of Lost. Oh, it's I've never, so good. Until really? it's is so it though? Not. Yeah, it I mean, really is. The first like season is so awesome. It's laced in mystery and intrigue, and just these people are in an interesting, life threatening scenario, and then weird stuff starts happening, and it's so well done until it's so not. <laughs> is it still worth watching, even though the ending is like unanimously agreed on to be terrible? I don't know because I I really <laughs> but it it was like that's back so at, much time that's so much of my time it's so much time I guess there was like eight seasons or something and right about the fourth or fifth ones when it starts getting like not that that good it's still good but it's not anything and then the last one really takes some weird turns but it's like it also was at a time in TV when a really high production value, like awesome show was kind of rare. Like that wasn't a thing totally. that you could now you can't like cross the street without hitting four of them, you know? And it's like back then it's like, so maybe I'm seeing it kind of through like some rose. You were watching it glasses. as it came out. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. Like oh, weekly so as it came yeah, out. I was that'll like, that'll oh. do it. Dude, and if I missed an episode, it was miserable because the entire school was like talking about it. And it was just like miserable if you didn't, because then you for sure had it ruined for you. But wasn't like nothing happening though? Oh, so much was happening. Just they never answered any questions. They answered some questions, but they always 
led added to more. more. It was like a hydra. And that was the problem. Is after like eight seasons of that, you're like, I'm tired. Answer <laughs> a question. <laughs> it was like a hydra. Yeah. I think I got like four episodes deep. Oh, and then part more. of me was just like, I am never going to know anything. I can already tell. You're right. They're going to keep stringing me. I'm so glad I was right. You know what? Maybe if maybe if I'm ever... <laughs> I have like apocalypse series, right? Like where somehow I survive the apocalypse and I'm in like a, <laughs> this is never going to happen, but like somehow I survive the apocalypse and I'm in a, like a bunker, like in like John Goodman in 10 oh, okay. Cloverfield Lane. Did you see yeah, 10 yeah, Cloverfield yeah. Lane? I did. That movie's uh-huh. fucking awesome. Is that the, the that's the sequel to the one with the handicam is going all over the place, right? It's like just very, very loosely connected, yeah. I think. But yeah, yeah. Um, listeners, if you're listening, uh, like, uh, watch Ten Cloverfield Lane. That movie fucking rocks. But anyway, it does. like so, like like I, I have like a John Goodman in that movie like scenario because you know he's got like this big DVD collection. And I remember like the first time I watched it, I was just like, this guy gets it all the time in the world to catch up on everything. So I th- <laughs> like the only instance where I would actually watch all of Lost is like in that scenario where I'm like slowly losing my mind underground. And then you <laughs> have enough time to maybe even figure it out. <laughs> Like I Without bet you, like JJ Abrams is yeah. like, oh, yeah, that'd be hard. JJ Abrams probably like, pissed off. He's like, guys, I answered all of the questions. You just didn't get it. <laughs> the old Christopher Nolan approach. Where are we? What are we doing? Uh, okay, uh, I'm gonna, you I'm have, gonna say you have one, one more, more book that yeah. I just and it's the book that we're currently reading. Um, oh, all Sendlin ascends. Nice. Uh, I just finished it like two hours ago. Dude, the book is, I don't, like I said, I'm really trying to hold back the Hoover Dam from spilling forth because I'm going to let that happen during the actual full-length episode that we have on it. It is so good. I love it. He's my favorite character I think I've read. Oh, like, he's such a good character. four or five years. I love how it just bounces oh. so much. You never know what's going to happen next. Yeah, and the way it's constructed, you're constant. You're, you're a few steps away from a whole new realm. It's almost like um, progression fantasy or like literary RPG. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. You know what he's trying to do, right? It's like he's got such a clear goal and you know he's going to keep ascending. It's so brilliant. And his character growth is like, I'll get into it more later. It's awesome. It is awesome, awesome, awesome. And it's like, it's written kind of funny. Like there's lines in it that are hilarious, but it's really serious. And so it's like, makes it even more funny kind of. Yeah, it's got like a a kind of um like Douglas Adams kind of yeah. bent to it, but not not quite. Yeah, no, it's not like humor. It's not a comic comedic book. I just love Sendlin. He is he is my boy. And at some point, I was like, I really, really, really want him to become a pirate. And like, I might get my wish, dude. I might get my fucking wish. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on from that one, just because. Okay, we're yeah, gonna, I gotta put a gonna... stopper in it. I'm glad. I'm so glad that we picked this series because I Me knew you were going to like it a lot. I'm so into it. I was legitimately sad when I ended it. I think it's a really good departure from uh, Winter Night and Warbreaker both. Yeah, you've different. been leading the charge this year, bro. Like every <laughs> book that we read is exactly the book that we should be reading at that time. Right. Like it's not all the same. They all have similar kind of like like themes or, you know, they're all fantasy, but like they're so different and unique right. and just we're not bouncing from a to z we're like hitting the p's and then sliding <laughs> over to like the uh, just so good man i i love the path that we've been taking for the year all right let's hit just just briefly okay we're gonna be 
We don't do this very much. No, there's been podcast. so much positivity in this podcast. Let's um Yeah, we agreed when we started little, this. Let's talk a about what we critical do, not what here. we don't, but you know what? Let's <laughs> fuck them up. <laughs> All right. Um I'll hit you with with one that uh, okay. let's just say let's just say this book was disappointing. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> I think I know what it is. I think I'm gonna. I, I think I might disappoint you. Well, because I. And, okay, so um, it was going to be best served cold. Like that was kind of my big disappointment read. But I think that, like looking back on it, I don't know what I was expecting. That's the Joe Abercrombie, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like yeah. It's like looking back on it. It's like I don't know why I thought it was going to be like this big, amazing. Like it's because well, it's Joe it's, Abercrombie. Yeah, but it's like it's a revenge story, Evan. Like. Yo, what do you want it to be? be banging dude and it was very action-packed and really cool but it was also just it felt very like it was just total drudgery you oh. know what i mean it was just total oh, that doesn't like, sound action-packed but it was that's the thing oh, that's why weird. it was such a weird book for me um, i don't really understand how we can get drudgery but i'm also kind of a sucker for fiendish accent like i think if you like, read it dudes fighting in the background i'm like oh, it was great <laughs> i think if you read it you'd know exactly what i'm talking about okay but also, I was thinking while reading it, like Chad would totally love this. So. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but that's not the one. That's not the one that um, the the book that I liked the least of this entire year. It was definitely Bag of Bones by Stephen King. And you know what? A lot of people really like Bag of Bones. And you know what? I see you. I get it. I, I really you. get it. But man, what a boring book. What a total boring ass book, Stephen King. And you know what? The writing in it is some of King's best, which is so weird. The readability of it, you know, it's just you, you really do kind of like skate through a lot of it. But there's so many swaths of the book where nothing is happening. There's like court cases and tribunals and like custody hearings. And just it's just this guy wandering around this small town and he latches on to like such a who cares situation it was one of those things where i picked it up because i looked at a list of books that that were uh, kind of overlooked like stephen king like kind of hidden gems and so many mm -hmm. people mentioned bag of bones and i thought all right this will, this will probably be it was like a haunted house thing but not really it was like a haunted house at some point thought you found like one of those little rocks with like a geo a geode you know and then yeah. it was really just like a dirt clod this is a rock yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a regular ass rock it was by no means the worst stephen king book i've ever read <laughs> but it's the first but one that i read this year what's the worst sure. one you've ever read i think it was Dreamcatcher. dude that's like one of the one of the few that i've read and so i was like when i finished it i was like eh, maybe i'm not a stephen king guy oh no it's just bad so it's just like ah, oh, just like ass aliens, dude. Yeah, toilet monsters. Yeah, and like half the book is like inside someone's brain, but like not in a cool way. He's just in like a box canyon, like and wandering around. Yeah, and the thing with Dreamcatcher that I really don't like very much is just as soon as the military gets involved with something, I'm yeah, out. I don't want to read too. it anymore. Like, as soon, it's like I don't want that like war guy who's trying to like weaponize the Velociraptors. Yeah. Oh my like, dude. god, that was the exact exact <laughs> example I was gonna bring up. I, really? Was, really? I love you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck Jurassic Park world Fuck or whatever. That, shit, that was dude. so stupid. I remember sitting so in the theater, dumb. just like I remember sitting in the theater, and this, this the, when the military guy comes into the movie, I was just like, that guy's gonna try to weaponize some dinosaurs. 
just watch and he totally does so hard i was the only person laughing in the theater and i was like belly laughing and like everyone was looking at me and i just couldn't stop because it was just so dumb like we have vicious animals like are we gonna like parachute a bunch of tigers in on the taliban like it's just so dumb it's so dumb <laughs> it's like the, the like the over-the-top military guy in avatar yeah you know, like i venezuela that was some mean bush yeah <laughs> Uh, you can always encapsulate like this like essence of a movie uh with these one lines like what was what you said about um like heist movies where the guy like comes to some guy and he's like racing cars and he's like you son of a bitch i'm in that's from that's from rick and morty god so good well fine i won't give you full credit but you always have those lines you son of a bitch. I'm yeah, in. with with uh, with Dreamcatcher, that, that, that was just one of those. Yeah, Dreamcatcher was definitely worse than Bag of Bones, but uh, you know, Bag of Bones was. Yeah. I don't know how I got Dreamcatcher. Like somehow, I just like, oh, I read a lot. I should read Stephen King, and then that book came to me. It's so funny that you didn't pick like The Shining. I don't do very much research on books. Like people are like, even when even <laughs> earlier in this episode, you, you were like, like, yeah, barely need to scratch the surface of Stephen King to get on the shining. <laughs> I know, I know, but I had like seen the movie, yeah. so I was like, I don't know. But I do so like earlier. You said, you know, like after the book, I went and read some reviews, and I like thought to myself, like I've literally never done that. <laughs> I mean, it can be a little disheartening sometimes I because know. for two reasons. One, because you just finished something that you really liked and now you're seeing a bunch of people who hated it and you disagree with them and you you wish you could help them understand why it was so good. That's one reason. And then the second reason why it sucks to look at one-star reviews of things that you really enjoyed is because a lot of them make a lot of sense and you didn't really yeah. think about it. And that is really <laughs> shitty. <laughs> like when someone's like, what, what about this gigantic plot hole? And you're like, oh, yeah, I didn't oh, really shit, think about dude, that. that yeah. That's happened to me like 400 times with Name of the Wind. <laughs> oh, I yeah. Loved it and so much. Happening. And I read it like 40, like four, not 40, four times by the time I like met. It was like super mainstream after that. And then people would come along and they'd be like, yeah, but what about? And I'd be like, oh, oh, yeah. And then I read it like a fifth time and I was like, damn. Yeah. You guys smeared my, the polish on this <laughs> shiny thing for me. <laughs> but well, you know, that's okay. I shouldn't have been so blind. Uh what's what's yours? I gotta give it to Warbreaker. Ooh. Really? Just, I mean, okay, and just, let's put this in proper. You've read a lot of really here. good books this year. I have read yeah. some freaking bangers this year. I've had a really, really good reading year. So by no means is that saying that Warbreaker is a bad book. But like it's the weakest one for this. It was yeah. the weakest one. And it was like disappointing. I think disappointing. that's a better word. It was yeah. very disappointing. Like I said, more war, more breaking, but like just there was so much that didn't need to be there. Yeah. And I feel like he was like, oh, I'm going to build this character. And it's like, dude, another frivolous, flippant, blushy conversation is not character development. It's just like drowning me and like. It was like a really sweet dish that was too sweet. And you're like, this is so good, but I can only eat one bite of it. And then I'm just like freaking meringue. I feel like it probably could have been. And this this is going to sound a little extreme, but like, I, I feel like it probably could have been about the same length as the Emperor's Soul. Yeah. Like it could yeah. have been another kind of. Like a little novella. Yeah. I mean, if not a novella, at least like 250 pages. Yeah. You know, like it's just yeah, a like good 
and you know what and we can summarize it in like a couple sentences and then we're like what happened in between like there's like 700 pages what happened like i don't don't not not much not much yeah betrayal blessings things happened yeah yeah but yeah so like not bad just disappointing I think that it was mostly, in my opinion, with Warbreaker, like now that I've had even more time to think about it, I think it was mostly the Light Song chapters that probably drug it down, which Absolutely. is which is ironic because Light Song was one of my favorite characters. I really liked him a lot, but it was a lot of him wandering around. Yeah. Like, not just and not just a whole Claiming lot. his own worthlessness. It's like, okay, cool. Now let's do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that was interesting. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. But you have yeah. read some. You've yeah, mostly I mean, just read books that you really enjoyed, it seems. I mostly just year. read bangers. Yeah. Like, there hasn't been one book that I'm like, that sucked. That's about as negative as I want yeah, to be. Yeah, because I here. don't really <laughs> want to hate on it because it was a fine book. And I know people really love it. It was just, eh, to me, disappointing. And like I said, I thought I was going into war. <laughs> it's just so tasty to be a little negative sometimes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Try on those pants for a second. <laughs> We're like not even that good at it. We're like, we're it's like, so really good. It's so great. We're like so shitty at being mean. <laughs> yeah, if there's one thing to be bad at, you know? It's difficult to just flat out say I hated something just because, you know, if I really, really don't like something, even on the podcast, if, if you and I are reading it together, if I just really can't read this book, we're not going to read it. I'm not going to go 600 pages, 1,500, 2,000 pages yeah. into something that I actually, even with like, like Lycanius. I've had some time to like really think about it and you know think back on how I was feeling reading those and in summation what the whole series kind of meant to me. And I'm really happy that I read those books. This is for all the people that are listening that think that this is like some sort of toxic positivity. Um, I've seen it before, probably been guilty of it a couple times maybe. But Definitely. Like, but the thing is, is that I am not saying there are not terrible books out there. I'm sure there are terrible books out there. Oh, yeah. I've read some. But if you and I are reading fantasy, we're going to like it because it's fantasy. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, even if it's kind of bad, like my brain can do the rest. Yeah. It's like if my favorite food is donuts and you give me a donut and I'm like, ah, that wasn't as good of a donut as the one I, they're still all donuts, man. Like I'm going to be pretty positive about all of them. Like very well said. That's perfect. Like, okay. Yeah. I was eating a glazed donut. Is it my favorite? No, but it's still a freaking donut. Yeah, exactly. But if you gave me like a carrot. And you loved vegetables. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a food I don't like, I and then I came up short because I like all of it. Like, uh, like if you gave me salt and vinegar potato chips, I hate oh, salt. I hate and those vinegar. too. I yeah. hate salt and vinegar chips. Like, even when I see someone reading it, they're always in a blue bag. So gross. Why are they so always the in hospital? a blue bag? Anyway, <laughs> if somebody gave me, if I if I if I mostly only ate donuts, and then somebody gave me salt and vinegar potato chips, I'd be like, this is fucking gross. So that's for that's if you're listening and you think Evan and Chad are so wishy washy on their opinions <laughs> on fans, it's like we all we just by default love this stuff. I mean, yeah, really, home. like it is home. Yeah, let's do a few things that we're excited about reading. Oh yeah, like, and then and then wrap her up. This is a long okay. one. This is a long one. That was a good one though. Have yeah, fun. people have been asking us for longer episodes. Let's do yeah. it. Here you go, babies. All right, what do you really? Let's give me a give me a series, and this is this is stuff that you and I are not going to be reading together. How about that? Okay. Okay. Like stuff that you're going to read. Are you going to read any series by yourself this year? Do you think? Yes. Well, I've got to finish two right off the bat. Um, come to oh, mind, yeah, which is of course it. the six of crows and the poppy war. Um, what is the poppy wars like series name? I think it's called the poppy war. 
Oh, really? Okay, okay. Yeah, so that one, I just have Dragon Republic just smiling at me from my unread stack over there. And then um, Crooked Kingdom, which I'm really actually stoked that it's just a duology, so it's like, cool, I can knock that out, which I'll be sad to see it go because it's so good, but also I'm really excited to get to um, Dragon Republic. Dragon Republic is, in my opinion, the best book in that trilogy. It's so really good. Hell yeah. Yeah, I like The Burning the God a lot. The second one, ooh. Yeah, yeah. Are there any other series besides those ones? Yes. Okay. Someone I'm really looking forward to that. I haven't started it yet because uh, I just have been too busy reading other things, but I'm going to reread the Merlin young adult books. Oh, by T. A. Barron. cool. Yeah. I'm really stoked. Okay. And I've kind of made a little bit of a mistake because I've been going to bookstores, used bookstores and looking for them. And I've somehow accidentally bought the first two twice. <laughs> I thought I had four of them, but I would just have one. I, no, no, I have two and three. I don't have the first one. This is annoying. The last, the last years. The last years. Yeah, I have yeah. two and three, and then five, and I have two and three twice. So I th- from memory, I'm pretty sure it goes last year's oh God, seven songs. Well, yeah, it's last year's <laughs> seven songs: Fires of Merlin, Mirror of Merlin, Wings of Merlin. Right? Wow, I, I don't know, dude. I haven't read them since I was like eleven. Oh, I'm pretty sure I'm right. I think you're right. That sounds right. Let me get the book. <laughs> the Lost Years, The Seven Songs, The Fires of Merlin, The Mirror, and A Wizard's Wings. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Way to go. Do you know there's like more of them after that? Yeah, apparently. Um, I don't I don't think that they are a direct continuation of those five, though. I think I read like one of them. It's been so long. That's cool that you're rereading stuff. I don't think I'm going to reread anything this year. Oh, really? Nah, I've got too much stuff. i got too much stuff to read. I picked up Aragon because I want to reread that too, but I thought we might do that on the cast. I We're going to do it on the podcast. Okay, I'm going to hold yeah. off for that yeah. then. Because I've only read the first one, and Gemini Vibes, one of our Patreon subscribers, sent me the whole quartet for my birthday. Oh, cool. Yeah, and so we're going we're gonna to hammer those. That's going to be a next year thing. We're going to read all four of those be kind of cool to do it right after the expanse oh that would be cool we'd smash them too they're pretty quick i don't know after the expanse we we, we might change it up a little it's going to be something radically different than the expanse for totally. sure we're going to read some some like hard high fantasy yeah after that. i'll need a return to the roots after we hit the uh outreaches of the galaxy right on the expanse i'm really looking forward to reading me some aragon and the uh the merlin books what are you looking forward to reading so something that I really need to get to that I've been I've been looking at all year. They're right behind me on my shelf. I want to read the Thrawn trilogy by Timothy Zahn. The Star You've mentioned Wars that I would, many I, times. They're, they're, they stare at me every time I walk into my room. Can they, I see the cover? Uh, yeah. I'm trying to figure out if it's one of the ones that I read when I was a... First book is called The Heir to the Empire. Heir to the Empire. Or I just Heir to think, the Empire. I the think Air. I read that. Apparently they're amazing. Um, and I've never really read Star Wars books before. So, And I like Star Wars a lot. There's only one series that I've read. And I think it was that. And it was really good. Yeah. So the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit that at some point this year. Oh, man. Uh, I still need to read the, the Broken Earth trilogy by N.K. Jemisin. That oh, needs yeah. to happen soon. Um, to Sleep in a Sea of Stars by Christopher Paolini. Dude, this is definitely this is definitely the book. Sorry to interrupt you. Oh, I just fine. looked yeah. it up on um, on Google. I just Googled the Heir to the Empire. And it, I just saw the cover that I had. Oh, this cool. Is def- yeah, this I've read is this book twice. That I have, yeah. You I read, read it twice? Twice, yeah. It's so good. And dude, I like looked at the picture and I smelt it. 
<laughs> it had such a good old book smell. I just, I, I want to read those too, man. That's, that's I know. Like taking I wish, me back, dude. Dude, if we didn't have jobs, we could bust out these series and just, because I, 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 I would love to read Thrawn on the podcast, but I yeah. just don't think we're going to have, like, we're booked over. We're booked out. Yeah, we're booked you know? out. I saw the pick cover with the old man with his arms up and like the lasers coming out of each totally. one. I was like, oh, that's the one. Dude, that book. <laughs> That book is fun, dude. I like that a lot. Yeah, no, I'm excited to get to those for sure. It's, it's um, kind of mysterious. Another uh, trilogy that I really want to read is uh, kind of a retro throwback trilogy, but I really want to get to uh, Dragonlance, Dragons of Autumn, Twilight, Dragons of Winter, of Pern or whatever. Is there a no, that's no? yeah. No, you're thinking of um, Anne McCaffrey, uh, Margaret oh, Weiss, okay. and Tracy Hickman's Dragonlance. Yeah, trilogy. yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> you don't sound enthused. No, I wasn't really a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> I think um it's nice every now and then to just jump back into something. I haven't read something like that in a while, you know? Mm-hmm. That kind of what is it, like late eighties, mid eighties? Yeah. Something like that. When did those come out? A while ago. Nineteen eighty four. Okay. Nineteen eighty four. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's like right in the zone, man. I gotta read something from like mid eighties trilogy kind of thing. So yeah, that Thrawn, I need to read broken earth. I need to read to sleep in a sea of stars by Paolini. Those are like the, the pretty big series that I want to read, except I mean, to sleep in a sea of stars isn't a series, but, and then there's one more scythe, the scythe series, which I think I kind of want to read those between the dark tower and the expanse. Cause they're like YA. Those ones get suggested to me. Is that Neil Schusterman? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think you and me could probably knock those out pretty quickly. Oh yeah. These look yeah. I think and I think they'd be really good for right between the Dark Tower and the Expanse. Yeah, like a palate cleanser. Because I really wanted to read V. E. Schwab's Vicious and Vengeful, but I think that might be right after the Expanse. Oh man, there's so many other things too. Like I need to yeah, read the the Secret Life of Addie Larue. That's on here. I want to read the Texacallan duology. That needs to happen at some point soon. I really want to read the Fisherman. Oh, and then of course the Live Sea Traders. I've had that. I bought those books in December, right before we started the podcast, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna love these," and literally have not gotten to them because it's just such a commitment to hit a series, you know. There's so much. Like, oh my, uh, god. Oh my god, I need to read um uh, Patrick Ness's trilogy, uh, "The Knife of Never Letting Go." Uh, damn it! I'm, the more I think about this. Kim Stanley Robinson. I've got a couple of Kim Stanley Robinson books I'm really trying to get through soon. I want to read Night Angel. I don't think I'm going to be able to read Night, Night Angel. I think Night Angel is a podcast series. I would read those again for sure. Yeah. I think They're that good. would be. Do you think that would be fun to like go through on the podcast? I do think so. Yeah. It would be yeah. fun. Uh, and it's been a few years since I read. When did they come out? They've been out for a while. I read them like four or, or five years ago or something. Mid to late aughts, I think. Have you ever heard of a book called The Sea Hag? I've had it recommended to me by uh, a friend who I trust his view on books. And it's a very old, because you mentioned something from the 80s to read. And that, that might be my 80s book of the year if I get to it. I think it's called The Sea Hag anyway. Um, by David Drake. Yeah, David Drake. Yeah, <laughs> the he, cover he, looks so cool. Oh, my God. Yeah, he Ooh, raves man. about it. Um, one of my, <laughs> it's like the uh, one coolest of my good cover of a book I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it just looks like classic, right? You know? Yeah, totally. And he he's all, he was all about it. So like, I don't know. I kind of want to have that be my. You mentioned reading an old one, and I was like, ooh, I want to read an old book. Yeah, sometimes there's like that itch. 
Yeah. Like last year I read, um, before I started on Book Talk and stuff, I read uh, The Redemption of Alphalus by David Eddings. That was pretty solid. Classic. That's a standalone. It's pretty good. As much as I think that I want to plan stuff out, I also just randomly pick things up too. Yeah. You know, like I've got Contact by Carl Sagan on my shelf. I've never read Ooh, Contact nice. and like I really want to give that Yeah, I got a, go. a couple of Michael Crichton's sitting behind me that I right. really want to yeah. read too. I know I've got like um, a I've got like a couple um uh like there's a Dean Koontz book called Watchers I really want to try out. Oh nice. A couple of like John Saul. I've read a couple Dean. I've never read any Dean Koontz. Is it worth a read? Like is it I mean, yeah, I mean there's a reason that he's like like Kmart tons Stephen of people. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like Kmart Stephen King. It makes with like like Stephen King and Dan Brown had a top forty love child. <laughs> and he like wrote mystery. Maybe Dean Koontz. All right. Yeah, I mean yeah, I want to give it a shot. Like it. He's not bad by any means. He's kind of like um, like John Grisham. Like he's just like a very good writer. But right, like you know, yeah, it's totally. not. You're not like oh my god, what a profound, prolific. Like no, no, no. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, I think I'm really falling in love with duologies and quadologies. Four and two. <laughs> I think it's a I like quadrilogy. Those. Quadrilogy. I like I quadrilogies. Think, I think I just made that up. But... <laughs> I'm like trying to say it like it's legit. I like quadrilogies and duologies a tetralogy a tetralogy Ooh, tetralogy nice or oh also known as a quadrilogy whoa oh dude if your mic wasn't on a stand i'd say drop that shit (laughs) (laughs) okay now we can finish okay what were you yeah yeah um duologies quadrilogies tetralogies tetralogies a quintilogy Quintilogy. I think it's quintet. I don't know. All right, that's enough. Chad and I've been at this for so long. Um, everybody, thank you so much for listening <laughs> to this episode. It's been a blast, Chad. I love talking to you. I never get sick of you, dude. I never get sick of you, man. You're the best. You're the yin to my yang, brother. <laughs> everybody, it's been a blast having you here. Thank you so much for being here. Go check out the Patreon, please. Chad and I uh, want to do this more often than we are, and we can only do it. Yeah, we can only do it with your help. We really appreciate it. We will have a special Patreon episode up for all of our patrons pretty soon, along with a bunch of deleted scenes. You can also find us on Discord and TikTok and Instagram and all the places where people put their faces and voices. Oh, that was good. That rhyme, nice. Thank Thank you, everyone, for sticking with us this far. Uh, You guys have a great Friday. Happy reading, folks. Bye, everybody. Bye.